0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. He's Greg Graber, educator and mindfulness guru. on Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. Glad to have you with us. This is episode 19. Mr. Graber, Happy New Year to you. Happy we are recording on the first day of 2024, and uh, we're drinking non-alcoholic beer at 10 a.m. in the morning, and I want to know, why the hell are we drinking non-alcoholic beer? No,
1: it's funny. I, a bunch of my friends, I told them, I started dry January on Boxing Day, December 26th. Right. Like, the same response I got from you. What did you do? <laughs> is Holly mad? Are you in trouble? Did you pull some shenanigans? No. And I'll get into it later with my mindful moment why I didn't start on January 1st. I don't want to call it a resolution. So mm-hmm. I just started on the 26th. And, of course, Arsenal subsequently tanked two games in a row of yeah, all I times saw that. to give up drinking. But this isn't bad. This is... Athletic
0: Brewing Company, Mm -hmm. doesn't it taste like an IPA? It does taste like an IPA, except I'm not going to feel good after I finish drinking it.
1: Speaking of feel good, I know your back (laughs) is hurting, so if they hear you groaning Uh or me sniffling with this sinus stuff. Everybody's um, got
0: some sinus stuff going on. It was going through the Grizzlies all on this last road trip, and we were all wearing masks on the plane again. It was was great fun.
1: It's two old men yelling at clouds, (laughs) and the audacity that we... Continue to do this podcast. I,
0: I know, I know. Would you? Can you believe that we continue to do this? By the way, I just I just checked the the stats this morning. We had seven downloads from um, from England. So
1: seven, seven. Thank yes. you to our friends yes. Patrick and Carolina for spreading the word. <laughs> yes, yes, I love
0: it. Yes, shout out, shout out England. Uh, so we're going to talk about what's going on. It's it's New Year's Day. We can talk about. It we're going to talk about resolutions, right? Yeah. And that's my mindful moments center around that. Okay. I
1: I wrote an article years ago, Pete, I know you don't read my blog kind of like Holly doesn't listen to this. Um, (laughs) it's called new year's resolutions are for suckers. Right. I think you'll like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. And I I think there's, there's a lot to be unpacked there. Uh, we'll talk about what's happening. Some recommendations, uh, we'll air grievances. It's 2024. So of course there are grievances to air and, uh, We'll talk about that mindful moment and um, the whole yeah the whole notion about New Year's resolutions really is kind of it's it, it, it it's it's kind of goofy. I want to hear what you say and I'll, I'll I'll play off it. But as far as what's what's going on, it's New Year's Day, uh, so we'll get to the resolutions thing a little bit later. Uh, obviously, Grizzlies not playing really well right now, and just a crazy crazy time in the schedule. So we played three in four nights in three different time zones. So we go New Orleans, Denver, Los Angeles stay over after the game in Los Angeles, fly back on the 30th, play on the 31st, off on the 1st, play the 2nd and the 3rd at home, and then on the 4th, fly back to Los Angeles.
1: Oof. I can't complain about flying to Charlotte or somewhere, right? It's, I mean, it's a whole different. Of course, you're flying in a whole different class than I am. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's, days, it's, so.
0: it's 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 still, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, I, I have a bad back right now, and it's getting worse by the minute. But by
1: the way— is there a correlation between them not playing well and your back hurting? Because I think if we went back and rolled tape, <laughs> when Ja came back and we started winning, your back was better. Could, I'm not
0: Doctor Phil. No, you're or not. Or even
1: or even uh, Doctor Drew. But no, don't even try. Don't even go. You don't there think there's no. something there? No, okay. I don't.
0: You know, it's it, it's funny because I had breakfast with my cousin out in Beverly Hills um, before. Oh, party. I bet that was a rough breakfast. Well, it cost a whole lot more than it would cost in pretty much any other city Some in America. Some avocado toast. Actually, it was scrambled eggs and mushrooms uh, with, with truffle oil on, <laughs> on, on toast. So <laughs> oh, Beverly Hills. It was beauty. very, I very, very Beverly Hills. I love it. Well, you know, you can go to Starbucks anywhere, but, you know, to get, to get that kind of stuff. Anyway, so he was, he was asked, so how's your back doing? And I said, you know, the last couple mornings have really been bad. I think the bed at the Four Seasons is too soft. Because really, you should have a have a firmer mattress when you have a, have a back <laughs> You're problem. Get skewed and for this. He, he said he said that is the most bougie <laughs> thing anybody <laughs> has ever said. The bed at the Four Seasons is too soft. And I mean, and ooh. he's 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 right. He's right. I that's a, I'm guilty. Not even a first world problem. I don't even know
1: how you would categorize. it. It's above first world.
0: It room. it it really is. It really is. Um, there's one thing that's going on in the world that you know I, people probably have read about, and I just it, it doesn't really fall into grievances. Maybe it kind of sort of does. But I have to call out Nikki Haley for the absolute abject stupidity
1: of the slavery. uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, So for for listener, for those of you who haven't been paying attention recently, Nikki Haley, of course, Republican candidate for president, is doing a town hall in New Hampshire. And somebody says, can you please tell me what was the cause of the Civil War? And she goes into this long, tortured word salad about, well, it's how the government shouldn't tell people how to live their lives. And it's how uh, government should actually work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She goes to this long, tortured, like I said, word salad explanation that does not mention the word slavery at all. And the questioner at the very end says, I'm amazed in 2023 you couldn't bring yourself to say that the cause of the Civil War was slavery. I had read—I don't want to say rednecks, but some—
1: Ultra conservative or old fat, whatever you want to call it, maybe a ra- racist, a history professor or two, and they always would say it's over states' rights. But what was the main issue? Obviously, slavery, it, it was right? yeah, it so was it was, like, it was you know, the states'
0: rights that to, yeah. to own slaves. Yeah. That that's what it was. And uh, John Oliver um, on his program came out and he, he's like reading from the Mississippi State Articles of Secession, and this is all about slavery. You know, and and, was, and Nikki Haley. What well, was a got you question from a Democrat? Just look, if, if you want to answer, just answer honestly. It was about slavery and about states' rights to have slavery. That was the primary issue. Can I
1: get a sane Republican, or Democrat for that matter? Well, see, just someone that doesn't toe the party line and is worried about kissing up to the constituents. So there was a thing last night on Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Is that what it's called? I know Dick's not around anymore, <laughs> Dick, but I think... Dick Clark, rest in peace. A yeah, yeah, rest in peace. Toast Dick Clark, yes. Non-alcoholic <laughs> toast for Dick. Green Day played, right? Punk, pop band. Right. Popular band. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, they had an album called American Idiot. Great mm-hmm. album. Concept album. Basically, it was centered around how they were anti-W Bush mm-hmm. in, in his war efforts, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to say it. So last night, they're playing the song. Billy Joe Armstrong, the lead singer, says, instead of, I don't want to be a part of your redneck agenda, he says, MAGA agenda. Mm. People are going nuts on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, (laughs) saying, I can't believe Green Day has gotten political. They've always been political. You don't have to agree with their politics, but...
0: They've Wake always up. been. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like
1: this animus. It's, it's ridiculous. Educate yourself.
0: Well, and to me, the thing is, we, we all know that politicians fold, spindle, and mutilate the truth all the time. Both parties. Let me interrupt. We all do. Yeah. Humans do.
1: When I was a principal, I would have parents come in when children would misbehave, their children, and they would say, my child doesn't lie. I would stop. I'm like, they all lie. That's what they do. We all lie. You know, we may not be uh, compulsive liars or, you know, psychopaths, but everyone lies. Everyone manipulates. It's just how we are. That's how we navigate our environments.
0: Right. But, but to have somebody who's running for the nation's highest office. Oh yeah. To be to, to do
1: in a public manner. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. we, we may lie not to hurt someone's feelings. I mean, the severity of the lie makes a difference. Right, yeah. right.
0: Well, you know, what is, what is marketing other than massaging the truth, mm-hmm. you know. And and but this was just like such a total abrogation of the truth on the part of somebody who's running for the nation's highest office. And I just like, and she knows better. She knows she's going to get killed for it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, why, you know, just, yeah, just be honest about it. And like I said, there was a way of saying, yes, it was about slavery and state's rights over the state's rights to have a law that would allow you to own another human being. That's, that's the truth. That's what it is. But then to not even mention the word to, to because, even
1: have to ask that question this day and age, that's basically tantamount to asking is slavery bad? Yeah, you know, of
0: course. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was in some sense I don't want to say it was a gotcha question, but it was an obvious question. And what they were they were trying to they were trying to plumb the depth of what Nikki Haley was going to say. Would she be brave enough and to to say yeah it was about slavery? So anyway, uh, yeah, I just. I, I'm sick of politics. Yeah, me too. I I, I hate both extremes. Again, I know listeners,
1: you're tired of hearing me say this. I'm a a centrist right down the middle. And give me a candidate with some common sense and a little bit of empathy. Regardless of which political party, that's who I'm going to vote for.
0: I I like it. I like it. All right. So now, Quick shout
1: out before we move on. Will Wade today, Mm -hmm. college basketball coach, good friend of mine. He's at McNeese State now. He reached... Nine years on his run streak today. He ran wow. 3.1 miles today. So he has run every day for nine years, minimum of a mile, usually more, without missing a day. Wow. Sick, on the road, whatever. So shout out to Will.
0: What was, what was your run streak? Because you, yeah, you were multiple I was, years. Yeah,
1: and I'm like 15 years older than Will. You know, we're yeah. good friends. We're mm-hmm. really tight. And we started together. The New York Times actually did an article on it. I think the name of the article or the title of it is uh, Virginia Commonwealth Coach Leads Mile by Mile or something. Mm-hmm. Google it. I got like just over three years. Mm-hmm. And then my knees were just done. Not necessarily from that. I had bad knees before that, but mm-hmm. it probably certainly didn't help. But it was a New Year's Day goal, not a resolution that we set back then. And we'll get into that later when we do my mindful moment. But uh, kudos to Will. Gotcha. Got anything else? Uh- uh there. what else is going on uh a shout out to gardner webb men's mm-hmm. basketball i visited them in boiling springs north carolina outside of charlotte are there uh, boiling springs anywhere nearby i didn't see any but it was i've a- heard of hot springs i've never no. heard of boiling springs. i know no <laughs> lovely little town it was nice to be out of a
0: city for a change <laughs> for a couple days how about how about this the in the united states there's warm springs there's hot springs and now there's boiling springs yeah, that's, that's crazy interesting. <laughs> it's interesting of the three which do you take So Uh, well, I just remember Warm Springs, Georgia. That was uh, Roosevelt's Southern White House, and where he passed away. Hot Springs, Arkansas. I've been to Hot Springs, Arkansas, and I've never been to Boiling Springs. Well, they have one of those
1: KFC, Taco Bell together restaurants. Ah, Okay, so kind of fancy is uh, (laughs) duopoly. Yeah, (laughs) but it was nice. Between sessions, I walked around campus. Lovely, picturesque, liberal
0: arts university. Uh, It was empty. Not a lot of people there, and had a good time. Cool. So, cool. Uh, recommendations. And, and this kind of dovetails in with the start of the new year. Um, you, people have heard me talk about Ryan Holiday, who has the podcast, The Daily Stoic. And there is a book of the same name, The Daily Stoic, and it's 365 or 66 if it's a leap year, which 2024 will be. Uh, meditations on Stoic Philosophy. And for those of you who are not familiar with Stoic philosophy. The word stoic has taken on the meaning of someone who is unfeeling uh, and just very, very stolid, uh, if you will, and unemotional. It's not what stoic means. Stoic basically is understanding that what's most important is not what happens to you, but how you react to it and understanding what is in your control and what is not in your control. And basically, stoic philosophy, we've all heard the serenity prayer. Um, you know, and the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can change and the things I cannot change. And that is basically the fundamental principle of stoicism. In any event, this book by Ryan Holiday, which you can get anywhere, uh, including Amazon or directly from his bookstore down in Bastrop, Texas, The Painted Porch, 365 or 66 days meditations a reading from a Stoic philosopher it could be Marcus Aurelius, could be um, any number of the different Stoic philosophers, and then he writes a little blurb after it. And uh, they group everything by month and uh, different themes for the month. And if you're looking for something to do, and I, I you know we're 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 kind of going to we're going to we're going to bang on resolutions as being not always the best idea, but if you are going to undertake a new process rather than a resolution, a new process mm-hmm. for 2024. I would highly suggest that uh, you get a copy of The Daily Stoic. There's also a journal that goes with it. It's a separate book if you want to. And they, they play off one another where you actually sit down and you journal and you talk about uh, you know, different things that are, are going on in your life. So I would heartily recommend Daily Stoic, the book, I've got it at my desk, and I sit down at the desk in the morning, and the first thing I do is I open that book, and I go to the meditation for the day, and that's that's how I start my day. So I think that's a...
1: It's really good. All of his stuff is good. I think my favorite book from him, and I wouldn't even consider this as a book. This is almost kind of a daily morning primer, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're sitting down and reading a book. Each one is about a page. It's a page, Or yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Obstacle is the Way is a really good book that yeah. he wrote. Yeah. And Kyle Veezy, do you know him? Yes. A friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Great guy. He and Courtney were in Austin. That's where she went to seminary school. So they were revisiting and spent a couple days there over Christmas. He's really into this stuff. He sends me a picture of Ryan Holiday's, that very bookstore that you're talking mm-hmm. about. And he said he's quite the capitalist, too. He had all his little knickknacks
0: for sale. Oh, of course. Right yeah. in front of the store. Yeah, like yeah. Like the
1: stoic coin and all mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So... uh we got a good kick out of that, but he really writes good stuff.
0: Yeah, I would. I would like to go. I would like to go to the bookstore and and visit. It's it's funny that one of the um, and he's got a daily podcast and now he's re- actually writing a book on being a, a good parent. Oh wow! So he's he's got that in the works right now. But
1: not that you or I are parents. No. So to – probably we'll skip that. Yeah, we'll we'll,
0: we'll skip that book because neither of us have kids. But um, he was talking about the power of saying no. Mm-hmm. And he's become more and more popular. And so there are corporations that want him to speak. He speak. He's spoken to uh, professional sports teams, college sports teams, what have you. And he said, I've gotten to the point where I basically have to say no. And he says, I have so many people that come to the Painted Porch, which is the name of his bookstore that want to say hello or want to talk to me. I I can't do it anymore. Is he so, there a lot? Do you know? Does he? I I don't know how often he's actually in the bookstore, but he has like this large tract of land um, outside of Austin in in the uh, in the Hill Country, I guess. He's interesting. He got into the apparel world,
1: right? Really young. Yeah, It was like Hollister, one of those companies. Yeah, he was he was one in one those, with, with
0: with one of those uh, kind of young, yuppie type uh, apparel places, and. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you read the story and he, you know, talks about how, you know, publishers are like, nobody's going to read this. And, you know, of course, now he's a best-selling author many times over and the Daily Podcast and all that. But in any event, so I, I, would, I would go Daily Stoic and uh, you can do the podcast as well because the podcast, if you want the book, you can get the book. But he also does the Daily Stoic as a podcast. So you could, if you would rather listen than read, but I think it's always good to open a, a physical book.
1: I think there's a misnomer about the Stoic philosophy. It seems that a lot of people think that it's centered around not feeling things, but right. actually, you do feel things. It's about not necessarily reacting and responding to things. Do you think that's fair?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's fair. Or just understanding what is what is in your control. Um, you know, because just to give you an example, people think that you know, Mister Spock, if he was Stoic. Stoic because he was unemotional. No, Stoics are not unemotional. Stoics yeah. have emotion. It's just how you... You don't get controlled by the emotion. You don't get right? controlled by your emotion. You don't get hooked into anger. You don't get hooked into jealousy. You don't get hooked into all these other things, but something happens to you. And it's it's like when I started doing games for the Portland Trailblazers back around you know, 1998, um, you lived and you died with every game. And now it's like... I don't shoot the ball. I don't rebound the ball. I don't pass the ball. I have nothing to do with the outcome of the game. So,
1: you mean you would be emotionally up or down depending on the result of the oh, game? Oh, yeah. yeah. Would
0: really? Yeah, it would, it would even be to the point where I would walk away after a game if the Blazers lost and say, I had a terrible broadcast. But if the Blazers won, I had a great broadcast. Ooh, and it's that's like, rough, it, yeah, yeah, and and you do find out that it just wears you. Now, part of that wisdom comes with age and maturity, too. I oh, think. With, with, without a but, doubt.
1: You've done a lot of self-work like I have. We read this stuff, and we're really into it. But I think a combination of the two really helped. Yeah,
0: know, yeah. And, and I do divorce myself from the emotionality of wins and losses. Although, if you do lose a lot of games... It is a grind because you're around other people that are, oh, yeah. de- that are dealing and, and with it. And I'm sure shit. the
1: airplane ride home sucks. When yeah. you lose. it's quiet. People oh, aren't.
0: there's nothing quieter than a bus ride to the airport after you've lost by 20 points. There's Oof. there's, there's not much conversation going on there. But, uh, yeah, you, you just realize, okay, what's in my control, what's not in my control? And that is the fundamental tenet of stoicism. And I, I think it's it's really good. i I'll, you know, I've been practicing as a Stoic for probably about four or five years, and I probably, no, I'm, I'm in the best mental place I think I've ever been in my life. And part of that is understanding the Stoic philosophy and having Stoic friends to talk about Stoic philosophy. So I,
1: I think you're, and it probably shows in the way you're handling
0: your back situation right now, I would think. It's like there's nothing I can do about it except go, go see the doctor. It's not within my control, so I got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, One of one of the tenets of of stoicism is amor fati, which is Latin for "I love my fate," which sometimes can be kind <laughs> of hard to deal with. Wow. But, but you accept it. This is what I have, and it it then it folds into the title of one of his other books, The Obstacle is the Way.
1: You've got to surrender to the present moment, whether it's what you wanted to unfold or not, because ultimately you're going to have to deal with it. Exactly. So you can either mentally and emotionally resist it and make it worse, or just get stuck in and deal with it. Exactly, exactly.
0: So there's my recommendation. Long-winded as it was. No, it was good. I enjoyed that.
1: It kind of ties into what I'm going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So we talked before about Phil Stutz. I
0: see the book there, yes.
1: So... I recommended early on in, in this podcast in the summer when we started off, there was a Netflix documentary about him called Stuts. Right. He was Jonah Hill's mm-hmm. psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the, a psychiatrist to the stars or really well-known people. Uh, he came up with this concept called the tools. Instead of traditional psychology or psychiatry where... You just listen to the patient and hope that they figure out what to do. He actually gives them tangible things that they can work on mm-hmm. that are hands-on. And he's seen a lot of success with it. So I was Christmas shopping a few days back. Um, I was in Novel, our local great bookstore. Thanks for carrying my book always, guys. little
0: plug there. Shout out, Novel. Um, shout out.
1: And I came across this book for myself. I love that kind of Christmas shopping. Mm I want to buy one for you and one for me. So this new book of his that just came out is called Lessons for Living. What only adversity can teach you. And he really delves into how we should look at every experience that we encounter as having value. Mm -hmm. Not just when we're happy or we're seeking pleasure from an experience, but... There's a lot of growth during the tough times, and he gives not only advice, but he, you know, sort of builds this concept and gives tips on how to not only get through difficult times, but how to learn lessons from them and how to succeed. Yeah. Really good little book. It's a quick read. It's got some spiritual stuff, not so much from a religious perspective, but, um, it's great. I can't recommend it highly enough. Okay.
0: I got to get myself a copy of that. Well, and, and, and that also folds into the whole around holiday. The obstacle is the way. I mean, you, yeah. you learn more or you get more opportunities. It doesn't seem right, but it's true. You get more opportunities out of adversity.
1: Oh, without a doubt. When I look back, even when I was a soccer coach, high school, college, club, all that kind of stuff, sometimes I, at, at this point in my life, I really fondly remember losses. Mm-hmm instead of the wins mm-hmm. like losses where we played really well and improved or sort of i hate when coaches say there's no such thing as a moral victory yeah actually there are yeah, moral there victories are. Mm-hmm. um those tough times really help us grow yeah. all right not that we wish we're not masochistic and we want bad things to happen to us or the ones that we love but when they do
0: happen there's nothing that we
1: can do sometimes to stop them so we may as well learn from them
0: i think the Interesting thing about it is adversity is you find out how strong you are. Mm-hmm. That you are stronger. Yeah. You are stronger than you ever thought you would be when something is placed in front of you. And I, I think that's well. It. There's
1: that saying. It goes something like, "So far, up until this point in your life, you've made it through every worst day, mm-hmm. and you're going to continue to do that."
0: I right. love it. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. How about uh, we got we got grievances? You got grievances? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just.
1: Yeah. So last night, you know, we're in Memphis, of mm. course, our beloved home city. Instead of shooting firecrackers, people were shooting guns. And I live in a, I think it's a nice neighborhood. Mm. I could hear it. So why why do you do things like that? That's ridiculous. Because those bullets do come down somewhere. It's not helping the community any.
0: No, you know? no. So. And fireworks are pretty.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and I think this is going back to, I think we did one of these around the 4th of July where I complained about fireworks. <laughs> it's cyclical,
0: right? We're, yeah, yeah. Well, We're repeating ourselves. Well, the, the thing about fireworks on the 4th of July is people start shooting fireworks on the 1st of July oh, and yeah. quit on the 7th yeah, of July. In this city. I don't know if it's like that everywhere, right? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, I, got a, I got a couple of grievances. And, and number one, my recycling bin... My recycling bin has been at the curb for like two and a half weeks. Really? And not picked up at all. Interesting. And... Look, I know the holidays are here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Paul Young, you're the you're the mayor elect. Well, no, not, now you're the mayor. Well, it,
1: is it time yet? I don't has he know. been, has sworn, he been sworn, in? sworn in yet. I don't, I don't think know. so. It's okay. about ten thirty. All right. Well, Paul Young, so.
0: get get your recycling pickup people to actually, I don't know, pick up the recycling because I'm one of those I'm one of those crazy people that I do actually get very very um, particular about making sure that my stuff is separated. So we do that too. People. But
1: someone made a good point. Do you th- actually think in this city that? when they receive it, they don't just dump it in a landfill. Uh, like, that's, you know yeah, you know I, how things I, go in this town.
0: I know, I know. And I, I've heard that about other cities as well, is that, yeah, whatever you put in the recycling bin just goes in the landfill anyway. But I go through a but trem- we feel good about it. We so. feel good about ourselves that we're doing, we're doing, quote-unquote, the right thing. And I go through a ton of paper, obviously, with all the prep. And so I want to make sure that, you know, the paper can be recycled. So that's that's number one. Number two, and... I alluded to this, I think, in an, in an earlier episode, and the whole Collegiate Bowl season. Oh, oh. it's terrible.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about it last week. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. And I feel, you know, I, I worked with Brock Glenn, who's mm-hmm. the third-string quarterback who started from Florida State. I feel so bad for him. Great kid, great program. They did the right thing. They showed up. They right. played. They still mm-hmm. got crucified by everybody.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the thing, too, is that, so now we've got the transfer portal. And the whole transfer portal thing happens while teams are preparing for the bowl season. So you don't know who's going to play because some kids opt out because they're going to go to the NFL or they don't want to get hurt. Or then you have other guys that are transferring. And so you have this absolute, utter mess that, I mean, it, it benefited Notre Dame, although Sam Hartman, their star quarterback, opted out because he'll, he'll get drafted in the NFL. Uh, Audra Gestime, their star running back, will get drafted in the NFL. They opted out. They played an Oregon State team that was eight and four and a pretty good, pretty good football team, and it was what, like forty to eight. So you only had a
1: few for Notre Dame, but you look at one like Florida State; they had like what eighteen or something crazy. Like yeah, that, right? yeah, and so
0: and so these bowl games, it used to be, and you know, yeah, I know, old guy. Uh, I used to work for the Notre Dame Alumni Association, and you go to the Orange Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and this was a big thing. It was not a true playoff game, but it was a marquee game. Because you had two really highly rated teams, and now all you need to do is win six games, and you can go to the Pop Tart Bowl and you know eat the edible mascot. Oh, which that the mascot was awesome. That, that, that was that was, really, that, was really awesome. that was very cool. But basically, you've turned these games. Into glorified scrimmages or spring football games. So, what's going to happen with
1: them? How can they regulate that? I, I don't want to use the word
0: legislate. It's not a legal thing. I have no idea because the NCAA has no control over anything. I and think
1: college sports in general need an enema. If you think about it. Just <laughs> they, to give yeah, you a they, visual,
0: um, <laughs> they 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 need some reform, and it's it's I don't I don't like where it's going. Um, you know. But then again, I was raised in a different era where you went to a college for four years and you played for four years, and if you were lucky enough, you got drafted. And
1: some it, of these college basketball players have played for four teams now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I just, I just don't like it, and I don't like the conference realignment. And yeah, so maybe I'm showing my age. And yeah, so what? Deal with it. No, I'm with you. Okay. So what's <laughs> going to
1: happen with Florida State pulling out from the ACC? Is that going to shake all the conferences up again? Would some leaving coming going all that I, stuff? you
0: know I, I don't even know and I don't pay as much attention to it because Notre Dame has said we're going to remain independent which Notre Dame remains an independent in football they remain a partial um, member of the ACC so like soccer and lacrosse and basketball they are a part of the ACC and uh, I forget how many of its four or five games uh, Notre Dame's football schedule have to be against ACC opponents so there, there's some tie there but Notre Dame re, re, you know, retains its independence. in fact they signed a new contract with NBC uh, to televise their home football games so they, they've kind of got their their own deal and they've said, look we're, we're going to remain independent and then they want to be able to you know play nationally and, and recruit nationally and things like that. So. what are your
1: thoughts on Micah Strewberry, the basketball coach at Notre Dame? I know some guys that have worked for him and, re, and like him. I seems like a good coach.
0: Seems seem, seems like a good coach. I mean, Notre Dame, it, it's always very difficult to recruit basketball players to South Bend. The women's team has been, been fantastic.
1: Just, I've been to South Bend, but is that why? Just because there's not a ton going on other than the...
0: there's there. Well, there's also... They don't bend their academic yeah. regulations at yeah. all. And so, you know, that sometimes... It, it limits the number of guys that you can, can recruit. And so you end up recruiting against Duke. Yeah. You know, and yeah. That, and, and Duke and Georgetown. And, that, and that's Rice not always easy as, well. as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the academic standards are there. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Micah Shrewsbury uh, you know, does a really good job there. It's interesting. Mike Bray, who had been the longtime head coach at Notre Dame, is now an assistant with the Atlanta Hawks. And I talked to him, and he says, "Man, I love the NBA. I don't have to recruit. I don't have to deal with transfers. I don't have to deal with all this NIL stuff." He's like, "This is the best." And well, not uh,
1: only do they have to recruit in college, they have to continue to re-recruit their current roster every year. Now, these coaches that I work with, they're like, "This is nuts."
0: Yeah, yeah. Trying it, to keep everybody happy. Yeah, is and, you, and you can't, you can't, you can't play you know twelve kids every game. So, anyway, uh, we've we've done enough bitching. Let's get to the mindful moment because I think we need it. So our listeners talking. really need it. Yeah.
1: Happy New Year, everyone, again. We were talking a little bit about resolutions, and I referenced this article I wrote for my blog at greggraber.com slash blog. I don't know. I think I I wrote it in 2019, and the title of it again is New Year's Resolutions are for Suckers. A little bit of a harsh title, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting. If you look at it statistically, did a little research four years ago when I wrote it, five years ago, whatever it was, Um, talked about how over 80% of New Year's resolutions are failed. Mm -hmm. So there's an old joke. Do you know how to get an open parking space at the gym? Go the second week in January. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of resolutions that are made are broken before February. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. So there's an old saying that a goal without a system in place behind it to make sure that you're making daily... Tangible steps that are measurable is merely a dream. Mm-hmm. Right? So a goal without a plan behind it is a dream and you're kind of fraught for disaster. My advice, and that's the reason why Pete, talking to a couple of my buddies about doing this dry January thing. I've had friends that have done it for for years. I'm like, why not? I do enjoy a drink mm-hmm. doing the podcast with you, watching Arsenal at the Brass mm-hmm. Door, Friday beers with my mates. Uh, Red wine at Wow, maybe I do need to stop. Um, I'm just kidding. I really do enjoy it. But I figured, you know what, I'm going to start on the 26th, the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. In England and Canada, they call it Boxing Day. One, because just a little psychological advantage, or hack, even though I'm not really one into hacks, for lack of a better term mentally, I'll know that I'm not starting on New Year's, so it's not a resolution, it's a goal. Ah, I like that. And two, all my buddies are starting today, January 1st. When we're done, because I'm hoping they don't listen to this, they're gonna say, I made it a whole month. Well, I made it more than a month. So, (laughs) not that I'm competitive too. But. (laughs) But, the thing that we can do when we start a goal, one, There was a great book that came out a couple years ago called Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that. A gentleman named James Clear wrote it, and he has really good advice. If anyone is really interested in changing their goal-oriented behavior, I highly recommend this book. Um, One thing that we can do, we can start small. A lot of times when we have goals or resolutions or whatever you want to call them, we start really big. Like, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to start running, and I'm going to run a marathon. So then they go out and they try to run a mile, Mm -hmm. which isn't a lot. But for someone who's never run, it's a lot. So my advice to that would be just start running light post to light post and walk between every other light post and Mm -hmm. eventually work your way up to running a mile. Mm -hmm. Start small. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So a lot of times we'll quit our goals because we'll go out. I'm going to run a mile every day. Can't run a mile the first day, exhausted, sore the next day. So that goal, that resolution is a failure. Same thing. I'm going to read a book every week or I'm going to read a book a month or whatever it is. We'll just start with reading five or 10 pages every night Mm -hmm. and see how that goes and if you want to increase it. And it's funny with meditation, you know, because obviously I teach mindfulness, I get all the time someone who's never meditated before will come up to me and go, have you ever been to a meditation retreat? I'm thinking about doing one of those 10-day retreats where you just meditate primarily the majority of the time for 10 days. And this person has never meditated before. Never meditated. You know, as a meditator, I'm like, why don't you start five minutes every day and add a minute till you get to 10 minutes and see how you are? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, our goal should not be, one, it shouldn't be perfection. If we fail... And that's a harsh word. If we if we don't meet our expectations while trying to achieve this goal or resolution, you can always start back the next day. Two, just moving the needle a little bit is what it's all about. Don't set the goal or resolution so high that it's impossible and you get frustrated and quit. That's number one. Number two, make sure that you have a way to succeed. You have a system behind you. One thing is your physical environment. You can set up your physical environment in a way that helps you succeed. And I'll give you an example. Let's say someone wants to start running or walking every day. And their habit is when they get home from work, they usually plop down in front of the television Mm -hmm. and it never gets done. Well, what you can do is put your running shoes or your walking shoes right next to your television and you're gonna feel guilty And you're probably going to be more apt to go for that walk or that run. Mm -hmm. Little bitty things like that, little tweaks can really help. Also, you can have a calendar. Like, I know we all want to digitize everything and we're all into digital stuff. One, for the mere convenience of it, but they make these old paper things with numbers on them (laughs) called calendars. Yes, yes. And I think you can still get them at Office Depot or Office (laughs) Max. (laughs) Whatever your goal is, have that calendar right in front of where you sit or somewhere prominently where you look every day and put a big check on that date every day you succeed in your goal. And then you'll feel good. And if you look up and see a blank space, you're going to feel guilty. Not to guilt you or ashamed of this, but let's just say you'll feel more motivated to get out and do it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I look at someone like Will Wade with his run streak. It's, it's amazing. And we can all do something like that. It doesn't have to be as extreme as wills running nine years in a row without missing a day, but anyone can accomplish any goal if they just kind of set their mind to it and put a little bit of
0: thought behind it and be very incremental with it. So. yeah well you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. In it in, you know you bring up running, um, there was an organization here that was sponsoring a 5k. And they actually started a program called From Couch to Five K. Oh yeah, that's
1: a big thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely get that. And I, the other thing too is, it's about discipline. And the discipline doesn't have to be large. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so many people. I'm going to lose twenty pounds. Like, well, how are you going to lose twenty pounds? I'm going to join a gym. And, you know, what else? Are you What else? I guarantee,
1: you if you go by the gym today. It's crowded. It's, oh, you absolutely. won't even yep. find a parking spot. Well, that t- Go t- by
0: on Friday,
1: and yeah. you can park up close.
0: Well, and, and the thing, too, now, and, of course, the, the gym owners realize this, and so they've got all the specials, all the incentives. You know, hey, it's your New Year's resolution, so you really, really need to do this. And that's why people say, well, what's your New Year's resolution? And it's like, I don't have a New Year's resolution, but every single day, and you hear coaches talk about this. Just get one percent better today. Yeah, that's do something it. a little bit better. Try to find an efficiency in how you live your life. How, you know, I I try each and every day. Every game that I prepare for, I try to find a slightly more efficient way to do it. Um, try to be a little bit more organized. And there are days when you are going to fail, and you're not going to be as good, or you may not feel well enough to do whatever. But you have to do it with discipline and you have to do it in little ways and that's why you know circling back to the whole daily stoic thing it's one page yeah you know just say hey i'm going to put this on my desk and this is the first thing i'm going to see in the morning and i'm going to read this one page and you know you don't have to do anything massive but just to do things in incremental steps because it's it's you know it's like we, we we say when when the grizzlies get down 20 points like there's no 20 point shot yeah you got to do it two by two. You got to do stops and scores, stops and scores, stops and scores, and that that really is a, a very a valid philosophy. And uh, I think
1: this encap, encapsulates the mindfulness philosophy, right? Because it's kind of one step at a time, and if you have a setback or. You miss a day, you can always start again. That's why it doesn't have to be a New Year's resolution. It's almost like Magic Monday. It never comes. No. I'm going to start my diet on Monday. Right, right. You. Well, are... well, I ate some chips. I'll just wait till next Monday. Well, guess what? That Monday is never going to... Start it on Tuesday. Yeah. Start
0: it on Thursday. Yeah. If, if you are waiting for the precise perfect moment to do anything you will never get anything done we've we've talked about mark manson and and he just sent out an email today of course on new years to talk about these types of things and he says extraordinary results are a matter of repeating ordinary actions over a long period of time start with the ordinary i love it and that's 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 a a good way to go and he quotes charles bukowski who i i don't know oh yeah You've never read him. I have not. not. He's kind of dark, but he's, he's good. Okay, but Charles Bukowski says, I was waiting for something extraordinary to happen, but as the years wasted on, nothing ever did unless I caused it. And then... Mark Manson follows that up with extraordinary results are a matter of repeating ordinary actions over a long period of time. Start with ordinary.
1: Of course, Charles Bukowski was a miserable drunk who, but I mean, he's a good writer, <laughs> but he had a lot of stuff going on. God bless him. May he rest in peace. Well,
0: it, it's, it's also like, and I forget the admiral's name who wrote the book, uh, make your own bed. Yeah. You know, it's like, first thing you do, make your bed. You've accomplished something, uh-huh. you know? And I think, uh, the, there are a lot of, there are a lot of good well, just create. There. We've talked about this before,
1: One of the reasons we do this podcast, we enjoy creating stuff. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to even be stuff that you create. It doesn't have to be a book or a podcast or a piece of art. Just create some action, some forward motion. Mm -hmm. I think by nature, all of us are creators. We're not discoverers. We don't just find something and luck into it. You have Mm -hmm. to have that forward motion and to be able to
0: create. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, there's your mindful moment. So I think we've we, we've reached the pro, part of the program right now, where where we're going to kind of dive into uh, what's next. So you you got some more college basketball. You got the nice Marquette University oh, sweatpants on. Oh, you noticed on. that? I did. Shout out
1: to Shaka Smart, my, my good friend who I've worked with some in the past. Great guy. Did you see there's a clip of him speaking of Marquette playing defense on the side court Man. where he actually got on the court? It's hilarious. People during a like, game? Yeah. I texted him. I said, great defense, man. He goes, oh, thanks, buddy. Happy New Year. It was, uh, it was funny. He really gets down in the position, mm-hmm. slaps the floor, mm-hmm. plays invisible defense. Uh, yeah, I've got the University of Memphis men's basketball tomorrow. Then Wednesday, I'm looking forward to getting back to Lausanne. Next week, I believe Sunday and Monday, I'm in Houston for Rice. Rice. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. How about you?
0: Uh, let's see. So, game on the second against San Antonio in Memphis. Then on the third at home to Toronto. Then on the fourth, we fly to Los Angeles again. <laughs> It'll be our last trip to Los Angeles. Make sure to tell them to straighten that bed out. It's too soft. <laughs> I'll go back to the Four Seasons and complain about the the bed's too cushy. Uh, yeah, we're going to go, let's see, L.A., Phoenix, Dallas. So we're going to go all the way Oof. west and then work work our way back.
1: Uh, would would we ever be in the Eastern Conference?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's funny you mention that. I think that the NBA is nearing the end of their current media deals, and it had always been the thought that once the new media deals are struck, then you would add potentially two more teams and the two most likely markets for expansion are las vegas and seattle oh wow which if that were to be the case then i could see new orleans and memphis moving to the eastern conference how would that have that would
1: help you travel wise as far as logistically in time but maybe as far as going to cool cities that would cut out your portland la denver yeah State.
0: well i wouldn't totally cut them out but it'll be one visit a year Yeah, you know and that i mean is that a good trade-off though uh i don't think so and, and here's why because Traveling to the eastern cities is a lot harder because, okay, so it means now you're going to Toronto twice a year Whew. with customs, with Pearson Airport being nowhere near downtown Toronto. You're talking about flying into New York where you can't fly into New York. You have to fly into Newark and then drive into the city. Nice airport, though. I like Newark Airport. But you're right. It's not very close No, to the no, city. no. And, and Washington, D.C., you fly into Dulles yeah. and then you have to drive in... Um, so, I mean, from that standpoint, yeah, the flights are shorter, but the logistics are a lot more. But worse. the bus rides are longer. The bus obviously. rides are, yeah, the bus rides are horrible. Um, I, I don't, and also, uh, would you rather be in Beverly Hills in February or Toronto in February? If they'd straighten out that bed,
1: Beverly Hills, they get that <laughs> little firmer. <laughs> that was touch. the best grievance ever. That was, I can't wait for Ryan to hear that. That he's was, gonna, yeah, like, yeah just,
0: he's going to be like, like, what are you talking about? What's he call you, Ritz Pete?" It is? I maybe he does. I don't know. I, you know, I don't. I don't book the hotels. Um, but yeah, we. I wouldn't say you're bougie. I prefer posh. Posh. Posh is a little more. Very, one. very, yeah. very, very British I of you like to uh, to say that. Well, that is a wrap for this New Year's Day edition of Live a Little. This crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. He's Greg Graber, mindfulness guru and educator who will soon be going back to school at Lausanne and then teaching basketball players all around the country the benefits of breathing and mindfulness in sports performance. I'm Pete Pranick, the TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. We appreciate all of you. Yeah, look, we started this, so 2023, so yeah, so we've got like, well, it's like half a year in the books, but... Yeah, we're we're close to episode 20. We're close to episode 20. We've passed 800 downloads, so we appreciate everybody who has listened to this podcast. Uh, We try not to be too terribly grouchy. I think we're actually pretty... I think we're pretty tame. actually. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not bad Big for pussy cats. Not, not, not bad for a couple of 50 year olds. 50 uh, year olds.
1: I'd take 50, uh, 50 something year olds. Right? F- f- You're making us younger though. I shouldn't say
0: anything. No, so. don't, no, don't, 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 don't like, do that. Don't do that. Uh, we appreciate your listenership. Uh, rate, review, uh, we are on all the podcasting platforms. Again, if you rate and review us, it makes us more visible to uh, to unsuspecting listeners <laughs> who, who might stumble upon this podcast, which comes to you from the uh, World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. No producer, no editor, uh, no technical advisor. We just do it all ourselves, and every once in a while we do it over a glass of beer, although today it's non-alcoholic. Cheers. Cheers. So Happy New Year, y'all. And uh, we'll be back with, uh, oh, another milestone, episode 20. Not sure when, but whenever our schedules coincide, it'll be episode 20. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you later.